Hello, everybody. This is Mr. Todd. We're here. What is this? The second week of February. We're talking about uh, ageism this week. I have two guests. Both are eligible for ageism. And they can state their age if they want to. They don't have to because that's part of the whole thing in ageism. So welcome, Diane and Ron. All right, how you guys doing? <laughs> well, I think you're old when you get AARP cards. So the topic you you guys brought up to me, I looked it up. And for the people that are listening, um, this is proof in the pudding that when I say put in your submission for a topic or something, that I'm very willing to look at it because I like learning stuff. So this ageism thing, pretty much it's called having a prejudice or a discrimination based on a person's age. So first thing I ask you is, do you feel that? Or, and if so, yes, when, like you first noticed? I feel it. I don't know about Ron, but I feel it with my children. I feel it with uh, fashion. I, you know, the things that are advertised on TV, you have stations that are advertising stuff, it, mainly because you're old, or they feel that, you know, at a certain age, you're deemed old. What age do you think that is? Well, I think people think you're old as soon as you start uh, retiring and you receive your Social Security. At what age would you say is old? I would say... You're as old as you think and feel. Okay. Uh, it used to be that the age 65 was, oh my goodness, they're so old. I remember feeling that way when my mother turned 60. I was afraid for her because I grew up in a world that someone at the age of 60 was old. I, you know, saw my mother who was a widow. She was strong. She was continuing to work. She didn't retire until she was in her 70s, and uh, she was doing well. I mean, she did have some infirmities, but she didn't let it get her down. So I wouldn't say she was old until she was in her 80s. Yeah, I can agree. Uh, Mr. Ron, have you felt any any ageism? And if so, when? Not really. You said not really? He yeah. said not really. Not really. Uh. Yeah, I get the same thing. Most people say I'm, I they think I'm younger than my actual my actual age, but I don't tell anybody my age anyway. So I don't think anybody really knows. You know, I think uh, this particular society that we live in, everything is for the young, and the young that we live with now. What are they? The Gen Vs. Z, I think. No. All of that stuff. But it's all a me society. It's what, you know, how can I be better? It's me, 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 me. In the United States, they don't think of their elders as people that can give out good feelings, advice, can teach you anything. You know, you're just put in a corner somewhere and 
a throne and a, a home, you know, for the aged. The other countries, they revere their older people or elders. They respect them. And you don't get that respect here in the United States. I mean, people that have gray hair or may walk a little stooped or may use a cane, they're fodder for these young people to knock them down and steal their money when they should be helping them cross the street. I feel, you know, when I was growing up, even if you didn't get to know your grandparent or an, an uncle or an aunt that was so much older than you, you respected them. You didn't have to be uh, king of the hill to get the respect. You just had to be that person that was there for you or maybe just someone you saw once in a while. But you, you had respect for them. Now, now, playing devil's advocate, there's two things. So one, I don't know if you feel like, is it society's doing as far as like the way, because I can start with the government and say, okay, but well, they don't care about social security. So they're the ones sending out the, the first signal. The other side of me would say, uh, it still comes down to the home life because it depends on how you grow up. If you grew up without grandparents around then they don't really know. So if you have like ageism, I think it's in any age because you can say like a 15 year old is going to say, well, I'm treated like this because they're not giving me respect or they don't give me um, freedom. Whereas an older person will say, oh, you're taking away my freedom. And it's both have handicaps on safety. You know, like a, like a 15 year old thinks they're smart and safe and they can do it and they're able, and then a, an 85 or 90-year-old person is going to say the same thing. I lived this long, I can do it myself. But in reality, in the re like the world we're in, it's changed. But if you live in a nicer area, when you think about demographics, most Caucasian people put their families in homes. Asians keep theirs at home with them, most Blacks, I think, kind of let them fend for themselves or they put them in the VA. I would say Latinos let them stay with them. So that's another thing. It's just how you're raised, you know? Well, I think that, you know, certain, as, as you mentioned, certain types of people, like you mentioned Asians and Latinos, those people are taught, no matter where they live, they are taught that, their elders are special people, that you revere them, that you respect them, that you learn from them. Because you cannot be on earth and not learn anything, you know, unless you're a nut from a tree. Um, but the children, I will say the children of the United States, they are taught, you know, that money is king. And that's, their life. I mean, you mentioned Caucasians that live in certain areas. A lot of those children are disrespectful to their elders. Of course. Um, black families depends on where they come from. Now, if you come from the South, you better revere your grandparents or your uncle to anybody. They're yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Yeah. And you better do what they say. 
Now, my family is from the Caribbean, and it's pretty much the same thing. You have to respect your elders. Now, sadly, if you don't have grandparents, then you don't have that particular lifestyle, so you don't have anyone to listen to, but some children, they have uncles that they look up to, or they have aunties that they look up to. The whole deal is that we're taught once you get a certain age, you don't know anything, you can't do anything. Just look at how they talk about our president. He's a man of 80 years old, but he's been where he is for a very long time. Don't don't we think that he learned something? You would hope so, but he doesn't seem to. I think he shouldn't be president. I don't think anybody should be president at 80 years old, number one, because your faculties are just not there. And you're in the same thing. Like you come from a different world. The the learning curve of his brain is in decline. So to be able to run a country, regardless if we know he's not really running it, it's, it's kind of bad because it makes you vulnerable. Whereas if you knew, like they would be smarter to to have like a general or somebody that ran for president. You may not know all about them, but they they know the ins and outs of things versus policies because they're not the ones really doing the policy. So that guy, he's messed up the world. So people don't like him. Has a lot in his head, and he has the unfortunate problem of not being able to come across as smart as he is. He, do, he doesn't put that forward. It, it's not that he is in decline as far as knowing what he's doing. You don't think he has it's dementia? That, I don't think he has dementia. I think when you get older, you think longer before you speak, and it makes you seem as if something is going wrong. We have a lot of young whippersnappers <laughs> that'll get up there and say stuff without thinking, where he thinks and doesn't say it fast enough. Yeah, but I, I wish you could see the, the videos where there's videos where this guy's shaking hands with the air. And to me, to put that on, to even, even if it's a joke, it's like to put that on the air is a bad mm-hmm. thing. It's like, you know, like you see him talking to nobody. And I go, oh, no, he probably has the earpiece or something. But there's times where I've seen, like, just things about him where I'm like, okay, well, he's like Ronald Reagan. Same thing. It's not impossible. I just think it shouldn't be just because it could be. Like, this could be the best candidate. But if you know that that person is like Muhammad Ali fighting um, Larry Holmes, it makes it look bad. It's just kind of like, okay, you now you know that this person is, regardless how smart they are, he could have done, done a better role behind the scenes, like, to me. Well, I will tell you this, Mr. Todd. I will say he's a hell of a lot better than what we had, not mentioning any names. We know who I'm talking <laughs> you about. You could say what you want on this show. <laughs> okay. He, he is kind and gentle, and some people don't respect that. Um, they want a rubber rouser that's going to say anything, just the fact that he can speak. 
So this country has to decide where we want to go. Now, if someone younger and, you know, has the ability to carry this country forward comes up and says, okay, Mr. Biden, you step step back and we're going to take over, that's fine. I don't, I don't really care whether it's man or woman. I just don't like the fact that they treat him and they're disrespectful to him because of his age. Now, um, you know, I was speaking with Ron. He listened to the, um, the State of the Union, and he said someone called Mr. Biden a liar. Well, that happened also when we had President Obama. They waited until the State of the Union to be rude. I think when you have those feelings, there's a place and a time, if you think you need to say that to the president, that you can do it. You don't have to do it with millions of people watching. But that's their opportunity. Yeah. You know, yeah. But I would like to get back to the part where, you know, um, when we talk about age and let's say you're at a job and you absolutely know your job and somebody comes along and says, okay, you're 65, you have to leave. Yeah, like at my job, they buy you out around mm-hmm. around 58, somewhere around there, and then they tell you, um, we have a package for you to retire early. And, mm-hmm. you know, you get a certain percentage. You may not get it all, that kind of crap. Or they or they start finding things wrong with you. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's actually one of the things I looked up. So it says um, institutional ageism is through actions and policies. So that's where they, you know, mess up your medical benefits or whatever, because when you get to a certain age that you can retire, then you're supposed to get medical for life. And that's an expense that they want to get rid of. So that, you know. You know, we have a lot of people living longer now. So you have to, a lot of benefits are going on with years ago, people were dying, so they didn't have to pay those benefits, you know? So a lot of companies are trying to find a way to get rid of the people that are 70 and 80. i tell you two stories. We have a friend of my mother's who turned 98 years old yesterday. So she's still receiving her retirement pay. And they made her send a picture and sign papers saying that it is she who is receiving these funds because they don't believe she's still alive. No. She should true. she should make a vi- <laughs> I'd make a video of my middle finger up. <laughs> See, look, it still works, jackass. <laughs> now give me my money. Right. I earned this. Um, yeah. Now Mr. Ron who is my husband, is a retired banker, and he decided to be the financial, what, what was your title? Treasurer. I mean, the financial, financial, I can't remember. Financial exactly. assistant there at the church. He uh, paid, made the checks for whatever the church, you know, what, whatever funds they used and the people that worked there he would write their paychecks and what have you ron uh did a good job he's very conscientious 
he would work overtime. There were times when I would just come home from the hospital with major surgery, and he would be there working. He would set up for people to sit with me, but the fact is that he was conscientious. And I think because he was older than most of the people, they decided to let him go. And they spread the word that he wanted to retire from that job, which was not true. And then they they had a nice party for him and they had a nice plant for me, which I did not go to the party because I thought they were hypocrites. And in the church? Hypocrites? Him. No. Huh? I said at the church? Hypocrites? No. Yes. I was being I, sarcastic. I, they, well, listen. Just because you go to church doesn't mean you're perfect. But the thing is, I did not like the way they treated him. And I felt, number one, it was because of his age. Number two, because of his race. And because he was doing a good job. So why have this guy that's going to be there for a long time when we can put somebody in there that we want, and I think you get the picture. No, I get I thought, it. Uh, Mr. Ron's there, right? Yes. So I'm going to ask you, uh, do you feel that way? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because, they, you know, like they said, they, 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 they announced that I was retiring. I never told them I wanted to retire. So then they just ousted you? Yeah. Yeah, they just ousted me. What's that, uh, like Fidel Castro? They tried to have a coup. <laughs> Right, they, they they went for their coup or their what's the Haitian guy's name? They don't have any anybody anymore. You're out of here. Yeah, they just decided that you know. And the thing is, we had just bought a new car, and I made a joke. I said maybe they thought he was stealing money so we could buy a car because it happened right after we bought the car. But it just goes. Yeah, but you know, if you have a Mercedes or something, you should be able to buy a car. Right. If you're going to steal to buy a car, you better buy a big car. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but the thing is, people just decide that they can treat you any way they want to once you are a certain age because they have this misconception that you're no longer useful. They, okay. they fix clothing that most older women cannot and should not wear. I mean, if you have a nice body, that's one thing, but you may not want to wear certain things. Um, I have trouble now because I couldn't tell you what the trend is or what to wear. Everything is for the young. You know, if you're older, they send you to Lane Bryant, where you have to buy clothing. For or New Yorker. People. I think you yeah, can I shop mean, there. You know, they it, make nice stuff. Banana Republic. I hope the store that you're saying has nice stuff in it. Yeah. And it suits Hey, my do I dress nice, Mr. Ron? Yes. Yeah, so if I bought my mom something and sent it to her, you would would you say it would it would be a nice looking attire like I have good taste. I would thank you knowing your mother knowing what she likes. 
I would think so. Yeah, see? So I wouldn't recommend a store to somebody that, like, I'm not cruel. I, I would recommend. Mr. Ron dresses quite um, snappy. Cuban. And uh, since he's retired, <laughs> he, you know, he doesn't want to see a shirt or a tie. <laughs> yeah, I'm not wearing a tie unless uh, somebody's giving me a check. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> you know, he doesn't want to see a shirt or a tie, but he dresses well. He He always looks nice when he goes out, and I think People think that if you're old, you should be walking around with uh, sandals and white socks, you know. But um, so let me give I you guess. let me give you some examples of of ageism. It says uh, remarks of clothing style based on age, comments like "You look good for your age," "Are you really that old?" I get that one. Yeah. I get I get you look you look really good for your age, or I've been getting. Are you really that old? If I ever say my age, most of the time I don't say anything. Um, you're young at heart and um, anti-aging products. But I think anti-aging products for anybody because I don't see how that, because you could be 30 and go, oh God, I'm going to be 40, you know, same thing. Well, I think anti-aging products is good because certain um, types of people age faster. African-American people don't get all the lines in their face. But, you know, when you get crow's feet by your eyes, so there's cream that can make that look nicer. Well, you say black don't crack. I have, I have a sister-in-law that doesn't want to use any of those creams, but she should. I, I use cream. I've used cream on my face all my life because that's what my mother taught me. I mean, it's different creams now. They work better. Uh, and then there's people like Mr. Ron who don't use, he doesn't use anything artificial. He doesn't color his hair. He doesn't use any special creams. But he's lucky enough to not look his age. Yeah, but you, you know? should use lotion, though. It, it'll help you. <laughs> well, his his granddaughter told him he should lose used lotion. Yes, so. I think so. <laughs> I wish I had the energy he has. But I think we're both, uh, quote, unquote, young at heart. <laughs> That's good. And, and we don't look our age. And sometimes we don't even act our age. We like to have fun. You know, we kid around with each other. And like I said, age is in your head. Yeah. It's in your head. You, if, you, if you tell yourself, I'm 80, so I should be, you know, just sitting down doing nothing, going to do. That's going to, I'm starting a book club. Like Oprah? So that I could be around with other women. And with the age of COVID, people don't go to each other's homes anymore. So, so we will do. That's cool. You can tell. You can promote your book club um, on the, on the show next when you get going. Well, it's it's Diane's book club. That's Diane's book right. club. Okay, and you can find that where. Uh, well, I don't. I just have a 
Zoom number. That's it. Right now, it's just a Zoom number. I and it's it's just starting as of this Thursday. That's what I said. When you get going, when you're used to it, then you I'll have you on my show. Okay, very good, very good. We we will. Uh, we sent out invitations via um, email to certain, you know, to some women, and I will tell you how it turned out. Yeah, if it grow, if it grows really good, then I'll, I'll I can zoom with the people on the on the show. And okay, that's good. That's good. Except it'll be late, unless it's on a Sunday. Um, so did any of you guys get any of these remarks that I said? You look good for your age. Are you really that old? You're, you're young at heart. Yes, we do get them. I, I would say most of the time Ron gets it because he's he's out there more than I am. But so Ron, when you go to the doctors, you know, they're, they don't believe his age. Or... So Ron, do you find that as an insult or a compliment? I generally get the remark, you don't look your age. Okay, so that's ageism, but do you feel like it's it's uh, a compliment to you when you hear it, or do you feel like, hey, screw you? No, it's not. For me, I think it is a compliment. Yeah, yeah see, I think ageism is how you interpret it. Because if somebody right. told me, like the kids, when, I, when I'm working with the kids and I'm trying to counsel, or whatever you want to call it, uh, modify their behavior, that's what I call myself. You know, they'll tell me and said, yes, yesterday, one of them said, I thought you were like 35, 37. And I said, uh, yeah, right. And then um, he said, no, really. And I said, is it because I dress like this? And he said, no, you just don't look old. And then I asked how old is his mom? And I said, oh, we're close in age. And then he's like, you know, you don't look like my mom. So, you know, I try to laugh it off. But I also get people tell me. Uh, how old are you? Fifty-five? <laughs> no. <laughs> it doesn't bother me. Like They're being silly. Yeah. You don't look like you're sixty-five. You don't act like sixty-five. You have good genes. Yeah, I just look like I haven't slept in ten years. But <laughs> so um, it says here, signs of discrimination are offered a buyout or early retirement uh, to hire younger employees hearing negative comments, demoted, reassigned to a lesser task, you stop getting raises, or your reviews are pretty unflattering. Mm -hmm. So did you get any of those, Ron, in your, in your, um, at your, uh... No, I've never, no, I've never experienced that. No? Except for the church. Or at the church, yeah. Yeah, when they decided to retire me. <laughs> it says here, ageism... 78% of it is at the workplace. The age of 40 is reported as the age of age, ageism, so I'm past that. And then it says uh, the root of ageism. The theory comes from the middle and younger group of people, so that would be like 40s and under, that they're separating themselves from the older people so they can say, like, I'm my own person. This is the way... We do it today. You did it this way. You have to get with the groove, you know, or you you don't know what you're talking about because you're not with it. But I also know two people that are older, way older than me, and they're more tech savvy than I am. I just don't have the 
patience to when um things go wrong i just over it because i i come from a an analog world like when i do music i didn't have digital so now that i have to use digital I really don't like it most of the time because it, when it doesn't work, it just really doesn't work, <laughs> you know. So you know something, Mr. Todd. You just you just hit on something. Now I have two living children, and uh, I feel like they feel that we can no longer take care of ourselves because we're a certain age, and. You know, my daughter uh, says all the time, you know, do you have things written down so that if something happens, everybody knows, whoever comes to the house will know what to do, or uh, do you have a will, or, uh, uh, you know, you have to be careful because Ron can't drive too much longer, you know. You have to move closer to us because you're old. I I know your son, and I know he hasn't said any of those things. (laughs) My son, my son, he kind of sits back and watches. He he minds his business. He might realize that we are getting older, but and I think he would like us to live closer, but um. I don't get it as much from him because we don't talk that much about our lives. We talk around things because we're always around children and some things you don't really want to say around children. But um, I think that, you know, when we get to the age where we feel we can't do things for ourselves anymore or it's not safe we'll do the right thing so i i hope my children will listen to this and not worry i'd say and, i'd say it'd be in a, in a in between so my sister was ill and um she couldn't drive anymore i went through hell <laughs> trying to trying to explain that to 100 million people and keep asking me why are you taking your keys or whatever it was and I had this t- say like you know yeah you're in charge of yourself and I could let you drive off a cliff but you know at the same time I'm going to get the other side of that of why'd you let her drive off the cliff so I'm the kind of person that's like if you tell me well you don't drive but say like Ron said hey um, I crashed my car same way I crashed my truck I'm not going to say nothing to you and <laughs> well hope you're okay and then that's it. And then if you say two weeks later, oh man, I drove out of the, the to to go to Publix and took the garage door with me, then I'd be like, well, maybe you should go get evaluated. You know, like, that's just logic. But yes, I, yes, you know, yes. but I'm not. Yeah, I'm not the kind of guy that's like. To me, if you say, okay, you get into a point where maybe you should not go to the grocery store and utilize the they drop it off at your house um that help you i would say things like you know instead of driving for hours to the doctor try the the tele thing on the on the video like the zoom and um because they can even take your temperature but uh for the most part like this that side of technology 
I think it helps people that are elderly that that they don't have to leave the house to say, oh, okay, that you can see the doctor by because like my dad, he he has an appointment. They use the. I don't think he's seen that doctor in three years. They they have the what do you call it the iPad, and then they talk to him, and they ask the questions. Same question they would ask if you're sitting there. And it saves you driving. It saves you being sick, around sick people, waiting time, anxiety. So I see the positive, but I think you have to want to, I think you have to be, again, like that's what the, the younger people say. Like, oh, you're not with it, grandma. You're not with it, grandpa. And there's people that are, but the same way there are people that'll explain it to, to, the, to the older person. Like this is the way it works now. Because the world has shifted. As far as being sick and being more vulnerable, I think keeping a smaller circle or doing like your thing that you're talking about, I would be at an age where I don't care what people think. <laughs> I'll just be like, whatever. <laughs> you know, I, but that's just I me. I think that when you get a certain age, you start saying to yourself, I don't care what other people think. But um, Yeah, I don't care. You know, it's like you're saying, your your dad does the tele-doctor thing, whereas uh, I feel as long as I can walk and get to the doctor, I would rather have the doctor see me in person. Um, because as it is, you tend to not say everything that's bothering you when you're in person, so never mind when you're not in person, you just want to get it over with. But um, yeah, I forget when I'm there. Yeah, yeah, but I, you know, it depends on lifestyle and and your ability. You know, he probably doesn't have that ability to go to the doctor every time they want him to go. Whereas where we live, we're pretty much close to our doctors. I don't think. We have a doctor that's more than half an hour away, and that's my eye doctor. He's in St. Augustine. We live in Florida. And any other doctor we have to go to is like 15 minutes away. We're fortunate enough to live in that vicinity where we can get to our doctors. And I will say this, I have not had uh, a bad turn with any of them uh, they they they're all caring and you know do the best that they can for you but then there are people that are housebound and they have to deal with with what's out there for you when you're housebound you know so depends on where you are and your means you know if you're on medicaid you don't get the care that you really need because the funds aren't there. And if you can afford and you have good insurance, then you will get that good care. You know, and if you're still able to drive, then you can leave your home to see your doctor. Or you can get the access van or you can get, you have like certain, um, like Kaiser, they have like a shuttle. I think it is that you pay I forget what it is, but it's like a hundred and something dollars a month. And then that's somebody that goes to the doctor a lot. 
but um, there's these stages. So you can tell me which one is yours. Uh, it says this five stages of aging is uh, self-sufficiency, interdependence, dependence, crisis management, and end of life. And you said that you're as old as you feel. So which one of those are you? And yeah, Ron, you're quiet. I'm dependent to a certain aspect because I have, um, I'm blind. So uh, I depend on my husband as far as going places, but uh, as far as independence in the home, I think I'm pretty independent. I take care of myself. You know, I can do all activities of daily living. I clean my home. Um, I take care of him. <laughs> so that's inter that's called interdependence. That's like yeah. what, that's what I am because of my kids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think the only thing that in the things that you mentioned, I am dependent to a certain extent. Now, what about you? So one is uh, self-sufficiency. The other one is in interdependence. Then there's dependence. And then there's crisis management and end of life. It's pretty much self-sufficient. Self-sufficient. So that, okay, so the answer is self-sufficiency means where we where we begin. Um, inter interdependence is when someone needs you. And dependence is you need someone. Crisis management, obviously. I'm like more, I guess, combination of the two. Self-sufficient, but I also have someone that depends on me. Yeah, inter interdependence. So it says to overcome age ageism, you A, you acknowledge it. Yeah, so what I'm old. And stay active, so go swimming. Be as independent as possible. Notice how you think and speak about yourself. So if you think negative and say, oh, they're saying this because I'm old. Just say, oh, they're jealous that they don't look as good as I do when they're younger than me. That's the solution. See, that's why my story, my my podcast is stories and solutions. So I give you the solution that you have to look at it as they're just jealous that, wow, because there's a lady that works with me who is, uh, I want to say like five or six years younger than me, maybe even more, and she looks older than me, and uh, she keeps trying to boss me around. You know, it depends on genes and. They say you are what you eat, and uh, I know they say exercise has a lot to do with, you know, the way you look, the way you feel. Yeah, it says the things that accelerate your age, smoking, um, I'm assuming cigarette, stress, alcohol, sun, or too much, your diet, if it's poor, disease, obviously, and medication. And then ageism is harmful because it obviously causes a negative impact on people's mental, which it therefore should affect their physical. And then their body becomes like a depression. And then, they, you know, you lead to, to the end. So I hope uh, that was an interesting conversation. 
you guys have anything uh, you want to add or tell people that are listening to you what you yeah, think? Don't count someone out because they have a certain number, you know, next to their name. Be sure to get to know them and appreciate who they are, what they can give to this world, and uh, let them be. Let them live and let live. Enjoy life while you're still able. There you go. I, I, I say live, live your life because those people that are irritating you, A, don't go home with you, B, don't pay your bills, and C, should not exist in your mind. <laughs> That's kind of how I, how I do it. When I go to, when I'm at work and I get irritated really fast and I think to myself, wow, these people really think they're like, because they have PhDs or whatever they have, like they think that that makes them who they are. Like this, this, it like commands respect. And to me, it, it, it to me, it shows how little you are because why do you need the title to be the thing that you uh, represent yourself with. Like if I say, hey, I'm Mr. Todd, I can have a PhD. I'm going to say, hi, I'm Mr. Todd, because you should respect me regardless, you know. Okay. Um, but when you're like, you know, I'm doctor, whatever, or if somebody tells me, oh, I'm so-and-so, I have two masters and I'm the, you know, blah, blah, blah of, of this unit. Like, I didn't ask you that. I just said hello. You know, like it's like it becomes a, a business thing of imp impressing or I have to make sure that you know that you should respect me because I went to school for this and you can be as dumb as a doorknob. <laughs> yeah, so. They're what you call an educated fool. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. I work around a bunch of people like that. I don't like anybody that tells me like I, I should respect them because they went to school. It wouldn't matter to me. You know, your schooling doesn't make me res respect you, I guess is the way I'm saying it. So tell them if it's a gentleman, you put your shoes on the same way I do, one foot at a time. Most of the time, um, I, I have the same response for pretty much everything. If I go to the grocery store and people cut in front of me because they do often and then they say, oh, I only have two things, uh, I usually shout out, holy shit, I'm invisible. And then they look at me like I'm crazy and then they move. And then there's other people, if they think that they're higher than me, I always tell them, well, you're going to die one day too. And that's it. And it just leaves them kind of like, what did he, why did he say that? So, Can I say one thing before we go? Sure. As a grandmother, my wish is that whatever I have to offer to my grandchildren is taken, ruminated in their heads, let them tear it apart, and if they have questions, that I can answer them for them. But I want to be a part of their life so that when they are older, they can remember their grandma grandmother as someone that left something with them. You know, my children cherish their grandmother and can always say something she said or do something that she taught them or act a certain way because they knew they had to because grandma said. 
that's one of the things I want to leave in this world. Uh, like my grandchildren are very, very important to me. You should make video uh, when you're doing your Zoom. You should make little video of whatever you call it, audio of your voice and telling them like, how not explain it. Like I have a video thing where I have with the kids and I tell them, okay, so if I'm no longer here, whatever it is, you're going to be going through this. And then when you're 15 years old like that, and I was like telling them things, but, <laughs> but, um, I'm teaching uh, black history right now, uh, for, for February. And, um, I was letting them know, like, yeah, this is how it really was because my grandma could tell me, you know, you guys talk about racism and stuff was so long ago. But if you talk to my grandma, which was obviously during my lifetime, she, she was there when the, you could drink from only this fountain or this fountain. My mom and dad were there when you could, couldn't do this or do that. You know, my mom was a teenager when the Fonz was around, you know, that kind of thing. And, um, so, you know, I, I, I share that with people. I think that's how you, you live, but you just have to talk to them. They're young, so they're not, they're only going to remember what is interesting to them at the, at the moment. Yeah. I sent them a book recently and I asked my grandson to write in the book who sent it to him and the date, because I want them years from now to be able to look back and see that, you know, the grandparents sent them something being that we have Amazon <laughs> and when you send things to them, you can't inscribe them, but, um, I think you can tell them. I just wanted them to write something down to have something that we sent, you know, the kids nowadays have so much that they probably don't remember who gave them what. So um, you have to find ways to make certain things special. You know, my granddaughter finally put her earrings in. And when she grows up and she changes those earrings, I would like her to know that her mama and her papa gave her her first set of earrings, you know. And maybe she'll keep those earrings for her little girl. Um, my my grandson, you know, it's a, a shame that kids can't wear the jewelry that you actually give them because someone will try to take it. But I want him to know that we gave that to him because we wanted him to have it. That's something special we wanted him to have. And yeah, he, he's... He's aware. Yeah, you know that that they could hold on to it for their children. So age has its place. And if you treat it nice, it'll treat you nice. I guess so. I just go about my business. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for coming on um, Stories and Solutions. Well, thank it's you. Pleasure. Thank you. Okay. Well, thank you. It was thank enjoyable. This was uh, Stories and Solutions. I'm Mr. Todd. This episode is on ageism. And thank you to Diane and Ron. Be easy.